This is exactly right. Scotty. Curdy B, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Well, unfortunately, I've got a kind of serious issue. You have a serious one. For the first time ever on Bananas, we need to talk about something that I'm, you know, I'm worried. I'm worried. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear this. <clears throat> Here it is. Okay. An unprecedented clown shortage <laughs> has hit Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me good on that one. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> kiss your Blarney Stones. It's time for another Bananas. Welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Kurt, how you feeling? You ready to do this? You ready to get into a great episode? I'm excited. I'm excited because you know why? Because wow. I just got the final venue to agree okay. to uh, require vaccination card or COVID negative test for our Bananas mini tour, folks. We're going on Coming the road. To you. Uh, so go get your tickets. All the stuff is on our Instagram link in profile, as they say. Uh, New York, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne. The five big Hamden, ones, baby. Yeah, the six big ones. Hamden, Connecticut, go- birthplace of hip hop. We're coming for you. <laughs> go get your tickets. Actually, Hamden, Connecticut, the, the space ballroom is absolutely like a okay. fantastic venue. So I'm pretty excited about the Hamden, Connecticut show. Okay. And also, that's going to be our first show, mm-hmm. October 23rd. Mm-hmm. So come on out. Uh, Scotty, I'm very excited about our guest today. You want to bring her on? I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Our wonderful guest today is a television writer who is currently writing on The Wonder Years that you can see on ABC or streaming on Hulu, and it's an excellent show, and you're just going to love her. Please welcome to Bananas the wonderful Kendra Cole. Hi, Kendra. Hi. Hi, everybody. Can you guys Hello. tell everyone I have on my makeup so they'll know? <laughs> Kendra has on makeup. Even though this is not a video <laughs> podcast, she looks beautiful and wonderful. And, and Kurt and I, I showered. So I did. I did. I quote unquote did my hair, which is just pushing it back. <laughs> the three of us look great. Kendra and I, we also have to tell our fans are called uh, the Bananimals, but this is your first podcast ever. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. That's pretty exciting, Kendra. <laughs> it is. Thank you for being on it. Were you ever a performer in college, in, in life? Were you an improviser? Do you do any uh, of that fun stuff? No, I was in a play uh, in like third grade. Counts. Um, it was like an alphabet play, and I was the letter B, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Wonderful. You know what B stands for? Best in the biz. Yeah, and best bananas. in the business. And bananas. <laughs> um, Kendra, I watched the first three episodes of Wonder Years. Was it a great experience? Was it a Zoom life experience? Would you it do was, it again? Oh, my gosh. It was a great Zoom life experience. Um, and I went to set for the first time for my episode. It was wonderful. Ooh, that's so cool. exciting. Which, which number is your episode? I believe it will be four. 
Um, That's good. Don't That's awesome. quote me because these things can change. But they yes, can change. Very excited. They can change. It's really good. It's a smart show. It's a funny show. It's a very mm-hmm. now show, even though it's set in 1968. I thought yes. it was great. Don Cheadle is the narrator for people that remember the the first version a long, long, long time ago. This time around, it's Don Cheadle who rocks. He's the best. He was. Yeah. Uh, did you get to, did you get to interact with Don at all? No, uh, not, as a writer, not yet. No, um, okay. but excited Soon. for our future meet and greet. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> yeah, Kurt worked. You worked with him, right, Kurt? On, on yeah, Black, Black Monday. Monday. Yeah. And I remember we shot the pilot, and uh, and Don just had like we were you know in the you know first day. And Don was just eating by himself and at lunch. And I was like, I'm going to sit with Don Cheadle and uh, eat lunch with him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very, very nice to chat with me. Um, he really likes electric motorcycles. He has like an electric motorcycle. <laughs> there you go. And we just talked about electric cars. And I was and he was like, and it was funny when you like realize you're like, for, you get into a conversation with a human being and you're like, oh, yeah, we're just chit chatting. And then you remember it's like, oh, it's Don Cheadle. He's like very, very famous where he's like. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it would be great to get a Tesla someday, you know? And he's like, I was like, I'd love that X, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll tell you, Elon told me, don't get the X. It sucks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh okay, I, I won't. I mean, I can't afford a, a Tesla, but when I can't afford it, I definitely won't get it since Elon Musk told you not <laughs> to not get it. <laughs> Tips from Don Cheadle. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the show looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. How was it to write on it? It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was uh, my first um, writing experience big on deal. a show, and big deal, really big, big deal. deal. Um, it was it was a lot of fun though. I co-wrote um, an episode with Meredith Dawson, who was a very funny writer, mm-hmm. um, incredibly talented. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just it was an all around great experience. Um, the room of writers uh, was awesome. The showrunner's awesome. So yes, yeah, that's great. No, nothing but good things to say. Yeah. And it just aired. It just aired September 22nd. That was the pilot. So go. Yeah. You can watch it right now. You can watch it on Hulu. Do you want to hear about some clown shortages? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so first thing you should know about me is I am terribly afraid of clowns. Like, right. I, I don't know if you know this, but you can smell them before you see them. Like, they, <laughs> no. they have okay. a smell. Yes. <laughs> well, keep going. Well, you know Please keep telling North- us. <laughs> Northern Ireland is the place for you right now. There's zero in Northern Ireland. I'm moving tomorrow. Thank you for the tip. You can smell clowns before you can see them. You can yes. smell their makeup. Is that what you're saying? Or their funny I'm not clothes? sure what that smell is, but it's the combination of all the things they have on their body. So I would, whenever I was younger, uh, my family and I would go to parades and stuff, and I would be like, I would just kind of stop and look at my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I smell a clown. Like, and, you know... <laughs> But and then so then then you would like see clowns, but of course it's a parade. But I would feel validated, so you know. That's also, I love good that. Superpower. I love. I also I love it as a kid superpower too. Yeah. Because if you're at like you know you're gonna be right eventually. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's incredible. They're it's going incredible. to show up somewhere. That's like saying like I smell a brass band. <laughs> oh, you're in New oh, Orleans. There it is. Here it comes. Uh, all right, here it is. Ireland experiencing a serious shortage of clowns. This was sent in by many bananimals, uh, but I first saw it from Troy Stark. Thank you, Troy Stark. Uh, this specific uh, article was uh, published in the Irish Post. Love it. Uh, Read it daily. By 
by a classic Irish name, Rachel O'Connor. Great name. Rachel. 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 Actually, it's Rachel. But I'm Rachel, Rachel O'Connor. She is very good at what she does. Here it is, guys. Ireland is experiencing a serious shortage of clowns, and this isn't the premise to a punchline. Okay. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, many foreign workers mm-hmm. returned to their home countries to spend lockdown with their loved ones, and some have decided not to return to Ireland. One such industry suffering from a lack of staff is the entertainment industry, and usually the first thing you would usually think of oh come on rachel usually right next to each other i'm not making that up that's a double usually not that's great a copy editors problem <laughs> not great think of when hearing that word is live music and theater but circuses are among the worst hit circuses in ireland have been closed for more than 500 days but wow. families prepare to go back to the big top the worries for staff are only just beginning last week family run duffy's circus I'm in love with Duffy's Circus. Who doesn't love, love Duffy's Circus? I love that there's just like a homegrown, family-run circus in Ireland called Duffy's Circus. Uh, he, they launched a recruitment drive for everything from HGV drivers, whatever those are, to clowns writing, quote, you must be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to skip ahead here. Duffy's is now appealing for anyone with a good personality and a funny bone to match to apply to work with them. Reaching out to, quote, folks at home that are willing to give it a go, David Duffy said. They're looking for, quote, people that have a bright, bubbly personality with no previous circus experience necessary. So if you're a clown, this is where you go, guys. You gotta go. Gotta go. Jobs are waiting. Well, so no previous experience necessary. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone can go and be a clown in Northern Ireland right now. Yeah. So I, I remember okay. this, this sparks a memory for me. Guys. I love when that happens. And my first apartment in Brooklyn mm-hmm. uh, on 19th Street and 8th Avenue. Okay. Uh, paid $500 a month, 1998. And we lived with this dude, Troy. And so it's fascinating that this guy who sent this in is Troy Stark because we lived with a guy. We, he was like in the building. He had a different you can't apartment. deny it. That's the universe had, reaching out. <laughs> I had no memory, no memory of this at all. Okay. Um, but then my girlfriend from the time, Milena, we're still in touch. I was just like, is there anything you can think of that is like a memory that I probably forgot that I could use for bananas? Yeah, and she's sure. like, oh, yeah, Troy, the mascot. And I was like, oh, right. So there was a guy who like lived below us who was a professional mascot. Nice. Yes. And like he would slide like flyers under our door for whenever he was mascotting. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> and boy. so I remember once he like slid a flyer under to come see him as Penny the tennis ball. It was just like <laughs> it was him in a giant tennis ball. And like he was at Wimbledon or something, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. and uh, and apparently and he was a very nice guy, and we did like we would go and support him. Weirdly, we were like very supportive neighbors. Like we went and saw him in a play that he did in Bensonhurst, and uh, this is because he was also like an actor. But he was like primarily a mascot. He kind of like told us right when we met us, wet met us, that he was the mascot for UVA, and he said it like it was like a big fucking deal. <laughs> and we have no idea because we don't know anything about college sports. Yeah, but maybe it's a big fucking the deal. Cavaliers, to be the Cavaliers, I UVA. think. Yeah, maybe. Okay, who knows? All right. Who knows? But, but apparently, and this is according to Milena, I don't remember this, that when I would get drunk, I would call him a clown all the time to his face 
thinking that that's what he did. Like, yeah. if you're a mascot, you're also a clown. Oh, boy. And he would get, and I do remember this, he would get very, he would get very upset that I was calling him a clown and not a mascot. And in my head, it was just like, mascot, clown, they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, sure. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So, Troy, I want to apologize for ever calling you a clown. Although clowns have, they, they have respect in many areas of the world. So, uh I don't think it's an insult to be called a clown at this point. No. Natalie no. Palamides, who is on the podcast, is a very great yep. clown. Uh, Courtney Peroso, very great clown. Our old buddy, Red Bastard, insane yeah. clown. And I think, like, so, Kendra, your your specific fear of clowns is, like, the classic clown, right? Oh, yeah. The, the classic, yeah. the big hair, the big shoes, the, the, the creepy white makeup, the, you know, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. It's because it's an adult choosing to disguise themselves in a way that's supposed to make you feel overjoyed, which is all, it's like the the person that's in your life that's like the the absolute most positive is usually the one that is secretly trying to kill you. So, yeah. I can <laughs> I can understand. Yes. I, I I don't like the disguise, you know, it's like what right. who are you under there really? What are your, you know, under those giggles, what are you thinking? Also, there is like a, there is an idea of like the, uh, the grotesque exaggeration of human expression painted onto their faces. Mm -hmm. I think that that is like, that always was like, oh, it's a little much. Like you're pretending (laughs) to be a human. (laughs) It's like what an alien, if an alien was trying to like, like make itself look like a human, just like, well, they have a smile and they have bright eyes. (laughs) Yeah, it's. It's the plastered smile that just stays there. Like, no one does that. Like, no. who are you? <laughs> no, and you'll see them near, like, on. I was leaving, uh, I was, like, trying to weave through when Waze first came out. And I was like, oh, Waze, this is supposed to speed everything up. And then you realize, you're like, oh, it wants me to go across four lanes of traffic during rush hour where there's no <laughs> traffic light. So this doesn't work. Or it's like, take a U-turn. You're like, it's a one-way street. I'm totally <laughs> But it sent me this weird-ass way off of Hollywood Boulevard, and I guess it's where all those performers that stand out in front of Grauman's Chinese Theater and all these places as the Hulk or Spider-Man or mm-hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow or whatever, and that's where they get ready. So I saw like a half Hulk, like he had the Hulk muscles on, but was just wearing like blue jeans, and then like, <laughs> uh, like that's a surprising. <laughs> that's a surprising way to do it. You would imagine that maybe he has the bottom, but not the top. But to have the top and no bottom, that's like the most upsetting version of male nudity. Yes, top, no bottom. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah, and used to do that. Kurt used to perform sometimes pantsuit, uh, pantsuit top only. So he'd just have his suit top on, and you would see his ding dong. Uh, and f- I don't remember this either. Of course you did. Yeah. So Kurt used to do these things where he would come out and only a pants, uh, pant top. Or excuse me, suit top. And he would go, "I'm just in my suit top." And then he would start performing in shoes, fully nude from the waist down, and then a I don't remember sh- a shirt and tie oh, wow. and jacket. And every once in a while, when he would kind of get into it, and the jacket would lift a little bit, you'd oh. you'd see right. a little I- bit of the the bell end, as they say. I- I think I did it once. I think I did it once maybe at Hot Tub. Well, it's permanently (laughs) scarred in my memory. What's most disturbing about that is like when you see a person with just a top on and you Uh see the bottom half of their butt. That that, that (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, never a great look. An okay look, but especially not on a a six foot four white man. It's not the greatest looking look. (laughs) 
Uh, so you saw you saw top only Hulk. Yeah, and he was talking to uh, Bumblebee, but it was like so the the Transformer robot Bumblebee who just had his head on, who just had his head on, and it was like That's talking so to weird. stay in character or whatever. And like I'm just inching by these guys, and they're clearly like mad about something that happened that day. And then in pulls a Jack Sparrow, and down walks a Spider Man counting his money. And like if a little kid saw this, it would just like their whole life would be turned upside down. <laughs> Scarier than a clown. That's why Disney World has changing stations. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> so you should uh, give that note to Hollywood Boulevard. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a changing station. <laughs> yeah. Those guys take notes. They love it up there. Um, I have one that is so hot off the presses. Yes. Yes. Sent yes. in right before the podcast uh, by Tatyana. I'm going to guess it's Frund or Freund. Uh, thank you. Sorry about butchering your last name, Tatiana. But uh, Shakira says, all good news articles start with Shakira says. Shakira says, wild boars attacked her, stole her purse in a Barcelona park. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Oh, I do love a Shakira. Um, NBCnews.com. Kurt, this was written by Alicia Fieldstat. She is the best in the business. Kurt is not wrong. Quote, look at how two wild boar, which attacked me in a park, have left my bag, Shakir told her more than 70 million Instagram followers. Shakir said, (laughs) this happened today. This This is is crazy. crazy. (laughs) We love Shakir. Friend of the pod hasn't been on yet. Uh, Shakir said a wild, uh, a pair of wild boars attacked her and snatched her purse while she was walking in a park in Spain with her son. The Grammy-winning singer recounted the ordeal in a series of videos posted to her Instagram story. Quote, look how the two wild boar which attacked me have left my bag, Shakira told her more than 70 million. Pretty good, Shakira. 70 million followers. And then she held up her torn bag. She showed the evidence. Uh, images and videos shared to Instagram stories disappear within 24 hours. Uh, the BBC reported she was in a park in Barcelona at the time of the incident. They were taking my bag into the woods with my mobile <laughs> phone in it. Then they just destroyed everything, said Shakira. <laughs> she then nudged her son, Milan, who's eight years old, to weigh on, on the attack. Milan, tell the truth, she said to him. Say how your mummy stood up to the wild boar. The BBC reported that Barcelona has had an influx of wild boars in recent years <laughs> and that the animals are attracted to cities where they live off of food scraps. The Great Quark continues. Shakira's okay. Her son is okay. Her bag is destroyed. Thank God Shakira's okay. So even the boars knew she was rich. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shakira's not tall. Shakira's small. A boar, that might have been yeah, pretty scary like- for her. They're pretty scary. Did she? She didn't mention that she had like three hot dogs in her bag. Did she? <laughs> I happen yes. to have. Yes, I happen to have three hot dogs in my bag, but they, they shouldn't have gone for it. <laughs> we need more context for why the boars were interested in the purse. Why yeah. they didn't want the cell phone? They don't care about cell phones. What was she carrying? What snacks do we think Shakira travels with? What do we think Shakira in Barcelona has in her bag? Like. Mm. Mm. Just uh, like a hunk of yamon ibirico. Oh, cannibal. <laughs> cannibal pork. Oh, cannibal. Oh, no, that's cannibals for them. I didn't even realize that. I bet she just has some like Mike and Ikes, you know, some now and laters. She seems old school. Maybe uh, I, 
I actually saw Shakira in concert twice, which is weird to say. The first time was in 2006. I was working for Red Bull in New York, and Red Bull got the um, New York Red Bulls, the soccer team. So they were like, it's the inaugural game. It's in Giant Stadium. And every Red Bull employee in the the Northeast Corridor had to come. And they were like, guys, even if you don't like soccer, don't worry. Shakira and Wyclef Jean are performing at halftime. So we all go. And there was a VIP area for the Red Bull employees. And there was a stage set up outside that was like just like a tractor trailer that folds open. And then there were a bunch of those high top Red Bull tables that you might have seen that kind of look like the cans. But it was like raining and kind of shitty out. And it was like New Jersey in the fall. And so there was a woman performing. She was really young. And there were like one or two people watching. And then the rain would pick up a little more and they'd move away. And I was with this other rep. And I was like, let's just go over and support this poor girl. Like, I was like, this is so sad. So we take Red Bull vodkas. We're like so many Red Bull vodkas deep. And I'm standing there and there's this beautiful girl on stage. And she's singing and she's giving it her all. And there's just a DJ and this woman. And they're going. And she's like, thanks, y'all. I hear the game's going to start. I'm just going to play with my single that's coming out this year. And it was a song called Ponder Replay. And it was Rihanna. It was Rihanna at 17 years old. Def Jam had marched her out there to like build up an audience in this parking lot. And nobody watched her except (gasps) myself, this other rep named Matt Fasano. And then like a bunch of people that would stop and like watch her because she was like really, but she was a kid. She was 17 or 18 or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when that song came out and was a hit, I was like, well, good for her. She's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> and now she's a billionaire. Yes. Well, I am representing today. I have on her Fenty makeup. Oh. Yes. yes. You can hear it. You I knew you could hear it. You can hear it. SOS. Um, but... If I had any brain or taste or talent or foresight, I would have walked right up to stage when she finished. I would have been like, you are so special. If you ever need a writer for anything in the future, I love you and support you. Here's $20, Rihanna. Uh, but you're so sweet. And then, of course, Wyclef and Shakira's song, Hips Don't Lie. And we all had a nice time. And the Red Bulls won, I think. But it was incredible to see somebody like you forget that even the biggest stars have to play to empty New Jersey parking lots. And she did a great job. So good for you, Rihanna. That oh, wow. makes me feel so much better as a stand-up for the amount of times yes. that I have done shows yes. for like five or seven people. Yeah, you're the next Rihanna. I've always said that about you. <laughs> That's what it's in my bio. So I figure if I put it in my bio, it has to come true at some point. That makes me feel better as a writer too. All those times I sent my script to people and got no response. Zero response. Yeah. Zero. Remember, you'll all we'll, we all have our our red belt performance at Giant Stadium. <laughs> we yes, we do in the rain with men who smell like Red Bull vodka, just like saying like, "Well, let's just be nice to this poor sack of shit." <laughs> oh, Rihanna Fenty. Uh, do you want another one, guys? I'll tease us into a break. Tease us into a hot, hot, hot commercial break. Okay, here it is. Two kids get locked in supermarket overnight, eat ungodly amount of food. Great! (laughs) That is what you're supposed to do. Exactly. I bet they didn't eat any bananas. Bananas.
Welcome back, folks. Uh, if you're if you're sitting around, if you happen to be in front of a computer, do us a favor. Do us a big favor. Go on over to Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just leave us a little review. It's all you got to do. We would do it for you. We would do it for you. If you have something you want us to review, send it to us. DM us. I'll review anything. At the Bananas Podcast on Instagram, and we will review whatever you want in return for review. This is review for review. This is tit for tat. Nobody's right? this doing this. This is an this. eye for an eye. Nobody is <laughs> We didn't discuss anything. this, and as we're saying it, we're realizing it's a bad idea, but we're still going to do it. <laughs> That's what we do. That is what we do. Scotty, you got any shout-outs before uh, we get a, back to our guests? Yes. Kendra, so we do a little shout-out called Banana Mail where people send us messages and stuff. Um, first up is Zephyr Ice, Kurt, in Portland, Maine. If you live in or near Portland, Maine, which is a very fun small town, go to Zephyr Ice. It's a shaved ice place. They have a new item on their menu called the Bananimal, Kurt. It's banana, cherry, and chocolate flavored what? shaved what? ice the banana mold. yes banana cherry and chocolate probably delicious guys order so much it becomes a permanent menu item and we'll see you in 2022 maybe in june maybe july 4th in portland we'll go up to acadia national park we'll eat shaved ice with stained lips the entire way <laughs> zephyr thank you this is just a friendly one uh jessica dobson our our buddy from deep sea diver they are on tour if you loved her on this and you love their music go on i'm guessing deep sea diver probably has their own website they definitely have an instagram and go see them live because they rock we're going to go see them at pappy and harriet's uh yeah i wrote i remember and I, they were opening for um they were opening for somebody pretty big and then i also know that they're going on tour by themselves as well so that's very exciting they're touring so by themselves yeah they're kicking butt yeah. just goes out on the road and they have kick-ass merch and then finally i reconnected with an author that i'm really good buddies with who i hadn't heard from for a while and we caught back up his name is christian Galakar. If you like crime books, if you like thrillers and dark twists, read uh, Big Bad. If you're if you're sitting around and you you're I don't know what you do in the fall, but animals you're you're drinking hot apple cider, you're listening to Shakira. Download Big Bad and read it. It's a great book if you like thrillers. And that's all I got for Banana Mail. All right, and of course, our guest today is a writer from The Wonder Years, Kendra Cole. Kendra, hello, you having fun so far? I am. Where did you grow up, Kendra? Where was home for you? It is Pine Bluff, Arkansas. It has about, really, yeah, fifty thousand people. Yeah, that's good. So it's just a pretty fun small town. Is it super woodsy? Yes, great question. Um, there are a lot of pine trees. Um, I would hope so. Okay. Another yeah. bluffing. There's no pine trees at all. <laughs> <laughs> you moved here for no reason. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, and I, that's where most of my mom's side lives, and uh, you know, they, 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 my family was really big in education, and uh-huh. so uh, my grandmother is one of the first teachers to integrate uh, one of the schools there. And, wow, um, awesome! Yeah, yeah, they, they kind of, and they started a Baptist church, and my uh, great grandfather uh, was president of the HBCU there, and then my wow. grandfather later became chancellor. So it's like, yeah, they're pretty, you know. Involved in the in the city, so that's amazing. Oh, that's great! And yeah. all of that kind of like f- probably feeds into helping you write for the Wonder Years, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, a lot of like you know what I heard growing up about their experiences growing up, you know, uh, living in the '60s, and so uh-huh. that 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 really informed a lot of you know 
you know, what I brought to the show. So. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand, and I, I hope uh, Wonder Years goes on and on and on. And you stay with it, so you can get that in in a room writers' room experience. But a lot of what goes on in writers' rooms is you kind of talk about things you know and experiences you've had, and you know, there's the showrunner sort of guides which way it's going and what you're trying to figure out and unlock and break for the story. But a lot of it is just like. Okay, somebody's having a birthday party. Let's talk about birthday party stuff that you grew up in. Like, what did your aunts do at your birthday party? What did your little brother do at your birthday? And it's 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 the best part of the writers' room is when you're all making each other laugh with the real things that happen to the writers, and then usually mm-hmm. either most original or funniest wins. So I'm sure yeah. you did bring a lot of that, which is yeah. great. Yeah, that's exciting. pretty cool. Really cool. Uh, are you ready to hear about these two kids who got locked in a supermarket overnight? The dream come true. Mm, I know. Yes. Uh, this was sent in by Taylor Reese. Thank you, Taylor. Love that, uh, this Taylor. was on Vice. Um, I've heard of that. And Phoebe Hurst uh, is the writer from this on this, uh, and she lives in London. Phoebe, best in the yeah. beeswax. She's there good. Here it is. We've all had that hunger-induced daydream, usually around yes. lunchtime or when stuck in a particularly drawn-out accounts meeting about being locked in a huge, fully stocked supermarket at night. So fun. No way out until morning. <laughs> Your only option is to skip through the unattended aisles, swiping donuts from the bakery counter, ripping open family-sized bags of hula hoops, must be a British thing, and delving into the ice cream freezers when you're at some giant unsurp of, uh, like you're at some giant unsupervised buffet. But... For two Scottish schoolboys, that fat kid dream recently became a reality. <laughs> well, okay, take it easy, Phoebe. We don't need a fat <laughs> shame. It was going really well there, and then she just dunked on these kids. Okay. I Honestly, I think it's everybody's dream. Yes. Uh, but I see, you know, she's trying. Anyway, mm-hmm. last week, early morning workers at a branch of Sainsbury's in East Kilbride got a shock when they found two children thought to be ages 12 and 13. A Great perfect age. age for this. Great perfect age, age for this. Roaming the aisles of the supermarket, they had been locked in the store since the previous evening. The workers made the discovery at around so 2 a.m. and quickly called the boys' parents and reported the incident to the police. According to the East Kilbride News, the kids had managed to evade the store's daytime security by hiding in the clothing department until closing time. A source told the local newspaper... Quote, the two boys were locked in for hours as the doors get locked at 10 and only, let, and only open to let customers out who are still at the checkouts at that time. Once locked in, do you guys want to know what they did? More than anything in my whole damn life. The boys behaved as any unattended kids, or let's be honest, adults would in a huge warehouse of sweets, crisps, and expensive electrical equipment. They went wild, helping themselves to hundreds of pounds worth of food and, more worryingly, booze. Uh, police confirmed that a 35-pound camera and two memory cards are also missing. They following got drunk. Their 12 and 13. Pretty young. Pretty, pretty young. good. Spokesperson for Sainsbury said, we can confirm there was an incident in our East Kilbride store, and we're supporting the police with their investigation. Unsurprisingly, the supermarket is stepping up its security measures. Shuttles will be closed at night, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and anyway, but that is it. That is this. these guys. Oh. I mean, they're, I would like to say bananas of the week. Done. Easy. <laughs> Done. Yes. You got to have them they, on the podcast. Yeah. They, I know. They planned it out. They planned it out and everything. I love that because that's like every every kid's dream. 
Yeah, and it was probably very easy to do. Yeah, like I can't believe they outsmarted security. I mean, are like are those guys still the security at that place? Is the real <laughs> question. <laughs> probably, I love also, that kind of thing. I do too, and also I I bet you because in my mind when I was a kid, the way I would do it is just go into the circular rack of clothes and like sit in the middle, which is where I would love to hang I out anyway as a kid. Find pins on the floor. You just gather little yeah. pins. and Yeah, it was a great experience pre-internet. When every, when before your parents could hand you a tablet, you had to hide in clothes and JCPenney and then find pins and then show them to your mom who made you throw them away. It's a cool uh, but life. I bet you it's probably as easy as that to get locked in a supermarket. I mean, I guess it's bigger than a d- normal supermarket. It sounds more like a Walmart or something. Sounds so fun. In the 80s and the 90s, it was such a thing to like, they would be like, hey, if you're watching Nickelodeon, you can win a sweepstakes to get one minute to run around Toys R Us and get any toys you can I put remember. in. And it was like, what the hell? It was a magical time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And then there's that supermarket uh, sweep rush. Yeah, supermarket sweep game. It's well. back. I think I Leslie Jones back. is hosting. Somebody's. I think she's hosting yeah, now. I think it is. Great show. You scream at people to grab the ham and grind coffee and grab the salmon. <laughs> when I was a kid, this is going to make me sound like I was born 200 years ago. But we would ride bikes around that age, 11, 12, 13, all day in the summer. Every day it would just be bikes all day, and the thing we would do is we would pool our money however we could get it and if you had like three dollars or four dollars we would go to this little grocery store in glendon maryland called santoni's and you could get six what were called ranch fries which are sort of like wedge cut potato fries that are breaded and pretty big and then for some reason this is the detail i don't get because that makes sense 12 year olds love french fries yeah everybody loves french fries um we would take the remaining money and buy three full whole dill pickles from a barrel at the deli yes yes we would eat about half each which is more than anybody should eat and then we would throw the butt like the second half at a passing train that went by that was our daily routine two french fries each half a pickle and then throw it at a train going by I mean, like, I, I swear to God, Scotty, you like you lived in a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> yeah. It is like the most clean, good fun. Every story out of Maryland yeah. is clean, good fun. I love it. Why that became our routine where it would like we would just look at each other riding down the road and be like, oh, yeah, we're about to throw half a pickle at an Amtrak going by at uh, 10 miles an hour. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. What kind of dumb stuff would you do when you're like 12, Kendra? Troublemaker stuff. Uh. Well, the things I remember doing at 12, like my brother would play basketball with the guys around the corner and I would just want to be over there like looking cute in my Jordans mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> so I don't know Count. if it's necessarily bad, but, uh, you know. Yeah, sounds like I, a good I, kid. It would, it would turn into a fight sometimes with me and my brother. He'd be like, <laughs> yeah, please go home, ma'am. <laughs> oh, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, I don't know you. Are you a small woman or are you my 12-year-old sister, Kendra? Either way, please go home, ma'am. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the first time I ever experienced um, a Wegmans. Yeah. Uh, did, did they have Wegmans in Arkansas? What's that? It's a, it's a, it's a big grocery store and they came about i feel like maybe in the early 2000s at least that's when i discovered one right the first one i ever came in 
touch with was in Vermont, I think. Makes total sense. We were up sense. there for some reason, and the hotel we were staying in was across the street from a Wegmans. So, like, we got back to the hotel, we were, like, drunk, and we got stoned, and then we were, like, hungry. So, we, like, crossed, just walked across the street to Wegmans, and it was, like, a grocery store that was open 24 hours, and I'd never been to a 24-hour grocery store. And, like, the thing about Wegmans is they have, like, large cheese sections, and then a whole, like, nut section. Huge. It was, like, before, it was n- normal grocery stores in the 90s were just, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, they wanted you out the door. <laughs> you know? A normal grocery like, store was like, get the fuck out. Yeah, prison lighting, not good. Yeah. And yeah. then Wegmans was the first one like, here's some cheese. You want to look at cheese? You want to look at nuts? We got a lot of nuts. We're pre-folding and- your ham into a little ball. Do you want pre-folded roast beef that you can imagine just picking up and feeding to yourself like a Greek god? And it was like, it was like four in the morning. We're the only people there. And this is what I can imagine Incredible. that they felt like just wandering, very stoned, just wandering. I was like in my 20s and just wandering, eating cheese selections and getting nuts and just walking around open, like opening things and walking with them. And we bought everything later. But it was like an hour of just like of Wegmans at 4 a.m. It was. Ah. I understand. Time. I understand the cheese section, but the whole nut section—that's that's, that's <laughs> quite a to do for some nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, we're all eating peanuts anyways. Pistachios—you got to be the king of England to afford pistachios. <laughs> and have that much time on your goddamn hands. Yeah, Kendra, when you were a kid, and Kurt, I'll ask you this too, because I think about this a lot. I've never seen this on a TV show, and I've never really seen it in a movie. But like, when you're from a smaller town. Did you ever go, like, when you were 15, 16, 17, to where your friends worked and hang out with them towards the end of their shift and then help them close so that they could leave faster? Did you ever do that? Yes. I did not. I was more of a homebody. I wanted to just be watching Grey's Anatomy with my mom and (laughs) 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 And hanging out with my dog. (laughs) <laughs> one time uh I, when i was in college because i went to the university in my hometown and it was like a friday night and i'm just like binge watching movies i think i was uh-huh. watching the breakfast club for like the fifth time uh-huh. and <laughs> and my dad was like um what are you doing at home like you're a college student lady go somewhere Lady, ma'am, everybody in your family refers to you as a at an arm's reach. They well, like, were, Breakfast Club is sort of being locked overnight. I mean, I know it's weekend, but it's sort of just like freedom to yes. roam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great that's feeling. true. Great feeling. I think, you know, I did, uh, I only once tried to help my friend leave work early. It was my friend Damien. And to this day, I don't think I've ever, ever been properly forgiven. Uh, Damien, I would like to be. Apologize, uh, Damien. <laughs> don't be a forgive dingus. It. No, no, forgive me. Don't oh. apologize. I'll oh. apologize. You forgive me. Oh. So uh, he worked at the Parker House, uh, which was like a bed and breakfast come restaurant. Okay. Uh, in, I think, C, I don't know, somewhere down south in Jersey. Sounds charming. And, uh, and so I was there. He had told me a story about him walking into the uh, walk-in cooler and, like, taking one beer once. And we, we were probably, like, 17, 18. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to come meet you. We're going to get some beer. I think it was my plan. I think that's why he has not forgiven me, because it was my idea. Great plan. Uh, 
and I'm like, we're going to get some beer. And in my mm-hmm. mind, this is what he did. He just like, would walk into the thing, get some beer, and leave with it, and it was totally mm-hmm. cool. Nobody minded. And so we both walk in. That was the mistake. I should have just stayed outside. <laughs> but we both go into the walk-in. We both grab six packs of beer. And as we're walking out, we get caught by his manager, and he gets fired on the spot. <laughs> Got him. Oh, Kurt. I see like yes. 50 ways where you guys went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. And so I want to I want to apologize to Damien for coming up with that plan in the first place. Yes. And getting you fired from the Parker house. But also at the same time, if there's a 17 or 18 year old out there who's trying to steal some beer, let them get away with it. Take three of them. Let them have three. Yeah. Let them have half of what they want. Yeah. That's my, that's what I think. If you're 18, you can have three beers. Tell them to take the trash out. Make them work for it a little bit. You guys take the trash and recycling out. And then here's a beer. Here's one beer. Yeah. We're going to place it out back by the dumpster. You didn't get it from me, but you can enjoy that beer. I love that. Well, I have a good segue from that, Kurt. Okay. Um, This was sent in by, I don't know, 500 Bananimals. I'll go with the first three. Kit underscore Kath underscore Chase 7436 and Indy Elizabeth. Thank you all very much. Wow. Kendra, I think you're going to like this one. Missing drunk man accidentally joined search party. To find himself. (laughs) Awesome. And also, I want to thank you, Scotty, for doing this one. Yes. Since we have gotten it approximately 3,000 times. I would say 1,000 times. I think it's up there with the most sentence story because it's excellent banana story. And who isn't trying to find themselves when they're drunk? Let's be honest. Yep. (laughs) By Annabelle Doliner at Newsweek.com. I've heard of that website. In recent and hilarious incident of intoxication, a man in Turkey decided to join a search party for someone who had been reported missing. He, however, didn't realize that he was the missing person in question. Luckily, everyone involved was safe, obviously, uh, though that's far from a guarantee in this type of ordeal. The 50-year-old... Behan Mutlu, who had been drinking with friends, so he's not a loser. It's good to establish. (laughs) Drinking with friends on Tuesday, so he's a bit of an alcoholic, (laughs) reported to Vice that he wandered wandered off into a nearby forest. When he didn't come back, his friends grew concerned and reported him missing to authorities. You know that thing you do when you get drunk with your friends on a Tuesday and wander off into a forest in Turkey? Totally (laughs) normal. Totally normal thing to do. As news of the missing man spread, volunteers from different neighborhoods joined with authorities to aid in a rescue mis- mission. Among them was Mutlu, <laughs> who appeared not to realize that the subject of the search was himself. The search reportedly continued for hours, with rescuers calling out Mutlu's name. <laughs> oh, I swear to God. It happens that, uh, however, it seems that it took Mutlu a while to register that the pivotal piece of information, hearing his own name, until it eventually, at one point in the search, he suddenly announced his presence. <laughs> According to Turkish news channel NTV, and we are just binging NTV these days, uh, the search partly suddenly heard a voice speak up to ask, Who are we looking for? <laughs> It was Mutlu. <laughs> the question that came way too late. Yes. It was Mutlu. And he says, I am here. 
Authorities <laughs> then escorted Mutlu home, so it was a happy ending. God. Oh, my God. Oh, Mutlu. Good old Mutlu, the Turkish wanderer who doesn't respond to his own name when yelled by neighborhoods full of people for hours <laughs> w- at a time. I just want to know the timeline. You know what I mean? Like, was it the next day? Was it? Sure. Did he pass out in the woods and then wake up in the morning and that's when the search was going on? You know, I have so many more questions. But what is also surprising is that this happens pretty often. It does. There was another story from Iceland Mm -hmm. of a woman who was on a tour bus and then the whole tour bus started looking for someone. Um, (laughs) And then she didn't realize it was her they were looking for because she changed her clothes. (laughs) It does happen a lot. We've had a few on this where you had a Russian guy that was dead and then pronounced dead and then showed back up at the bar to keep drinking with his friends, even though the coroner said he was dead. Oh, my oh God. man. I went to, uh, in 20... twelve. I moved to Los Angeles, and the second show I worked on was Adam Devine's House Party with my... Uh, I'd met Adam at, a, at Smokehouse in Burbank, and we became buddies, and I ran that show with him. But it was very workplace friendship at first because he was successful. Workaholics had been a hit and Pitch Perfect was out. And so I treated it very much like, hey, I'm just going to try to be a good writer and do a good job with this dude. And maybe we'll become friends in the long run. So at the end of the season, he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to Jazz Fest. Um, and everybody's invited. We have friends that have a house uh, at the end of Bourbon Street. You should come. And so all the comics that were there were like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I knew they weren't. Because that's just how life goes. Everybody says they're going to show up. Nobody ever does. But I was going to show up. So I go down. We're having a great time. And then at the end of the second night, we've been drinking all day, having fun jazz fest. And the only two people still standing are me. I'm drinking a hand grenade off of Bourbon Street. And then Divine comes out. So we're like 48 hours of just binge drinking. And he's like, should we keep going? I'm like, let's go, bud. So we walk down to Lafitte's. Kendra, have you ever been to New Orleans? I have, yeah. Pretty fun city. You get it. Is. I love you can it. drink the in every direction. Yeah, um, and the food. The mm-hmm. food is best food yes, in America, yes, yes. and it keeps you going when you're drinking because it's so salty and it's so savory and it's so. Oh, I love New Orleans. Can't wait. We got a tour, Kurt. We got to do one eye yes. jacks or whatever. Um, yeah. So we walked down to Lafitte's. Lafitte's is one of the oldest bars in New Orleans, if not the oldest bar. I think it was started by a pirate. It's been burned down several times. Their whole thing is they barely have any electricity in there. It's mostly candlelight at night. And so we sit outside at Lafitte's, and I'm like, here we go. I'm like, this is when I bro out with this guy that I think is very funny, and we're drinking, and we're drinking. And these two nice young women, really young, early 20s if not younger, come up and recognize him and they go hi can we buy you a drink we're really huge fans of pitch perfect and adam's always super nice with fans he goes yeah of course so they buy us two purple drinks which for anybody listening who's never been to new orleans a purple drink is like rye whiskey in a kind of grape slushy sort of thing it's very purple and it's high alcohol content and it's the kind of thing you don't want to drink at three or four a.m because your <laughs> hangover just explodes like a volcano so yeah. We're drinking that. We're like, thank you. We drink the purple drink. And then he and I, um, we talk about life. We talk about our parents. We talk about, he had a girlfriend at the time. We talk about New York, LA, industry, everything you can do on those special nights where you really become friends with somebody. 
Next day, we get up, we go to Jazz Fest, we're working our way through the crowd. Um, oh, the only other detail I have of the, that night is I'm stumbling up to my hotel room up Bourbon Street, which to stand out on Bourbon Street, you have to be a level of intoxicated, somewhere between um, just a pickle, just a walking man who's just made 100% alcohol. Um, or yeah, or just the gutter of New Orleans. And so I'm walking, and the one person I remember seeing is that dude Jesse James, who's like that piece of shit who makes motorcycles on TV and was married to Sandra Bullock for a while. He's with two <laughs> biker babes, and they are looking at me stumbling like, what the hell is wrong with this person? And I just like kind of like wink and keep stumbling. And keep going like, I'm fine. Bars open. Anyways, so daytime, it's like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. We're walking to see the Black Keys. We're cut through the crowds. It's a sunny day in New Orleans. And these two women walk up to Adam and I, and they're like, hey. And we're like, hi. And I don't really recognize them at all. And they're like, we were drinking with you last night. And Adam's girlfriend at the time kind of clocked it, and all the women with us sort of like come around us. Like, like oh. what is going on here? And Uh-oh. so there are these, like I said, two, two young women. And uh, we were like, oh, and they were like, we bought you those purple drinks at Lafitte's. And we were like, oh, right. Like, we had almost completely forgotten that they were even there. And Adam quickly explained to his girlfriend, like, yeah, yeah, they came out. And they were like, you guys weren't talking um, English for about two <laughs> hours. And then the other girl goes, don't worry, to the girlfriend, to Adam's girlfriend at the time. She goes, don't worry. They didn't hit on us at all. They didn't even look at us the whole time. What they did is this. (laughs) Then they would crack up laughing, hug each other, and keep talking. So apparently these two fans of the Pitch Perfect franchise watched us go, (laughs) hug each other, crack up laughing, and start over and then it was like we were in the clear and then like the, the women in our group were like yeah that's them you clocked them correctly and, and ever since he's been one of my best friends but yeah they just said we sounded like neanderthals just gibberish laughter hugging and then they would try to talk to us and we wouldn't stop looking at each other in my mind i could write his biography that night in their mind, two toads were talking as drunk as possible. <laughs> Sounds like there was some really intense eye contact going <laughs> <laughs> Just sweaty male drunken eye contact. <laughs> totally normal. Amazing oh, night. Man, Lafitte, I love that. we'll see you soon. Kendra, when was the last time you were in New Orleans? Um, it was in uh, 2019, December 2019. My sister and I took a trip together. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty fun, you know? Um, the dating life there is very different. Uh, yeah. How so? We, <laughs> well, we stayed downtown and it was mm-hmm. just like that. The men were falling over us and I'm not even being dragged. It was, <laughs> it was very fun. It was a mm-hmm. great, oh, that's great awesome. experience. I yes. See. We were on every corner. We were just being told how beautiful we were. And, you know, <laughs> great service at the restaurant. You know, free drinks, numbers throwing at us, you know. <laughs> well, Kendra, next time you go, we're coming with you and we'll just pretend like, uh, you know, that we're, we're just like, yeah, you know, she really likes free drinks and food. If you <laughs> Be my wingman, yes, yes. We'll just have that. a little, you can just write your number in this book, sir. Yes. 
We'll, and we'll it's be in touch. The long list. We're her chaperones. We're just making sure everybody gets home safe. You can write your number in this. Please, please compliment her as much as possible. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to get us one more story and then wrap this puppy dog up. Yes, sir. Um, I love this one. <laughs> I didn't even know about this. Uh, this was sent in by Amanda Levitt. Thank you, Amanda. Amanda this rocks. was published in The Verge. Title, headline, Amazon Astro is terrible and will throw itself downstairs, developers reportedly <laughs> claim. And this is by Mitchell Clark, who is the best of the biz. But you guys know, I didn't even know about this thing. Don't know. There's a thing called an Astro. Okay. I mean, it is so dumb, it's amazing. It is a robot dog okay. that Amazon is making. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait. I think I've seen videos of this online. Like, yeah. do do policemen use them too? Because like I've seen a situation. It's concerning. Uh, no, this, uh, yeah. no, this one is just like a little. It's almost like a, a like it looks like the size of a Shih Tzu. Okay, it's tiny oh. and Table it has a dog. like like an iPad for a face, or should I say, a Kindle Fire for a face? Better product. And <laughs> <laughs> and it just. And it has a little space in the back for drinks. It has a drink tray. Oh. That like it can like bring you a drink. And it is so it's like a little uh, robot dog that's supposed to like I don't know what the point of it is. I watched like the trailer for it. There's a trailer for it, obviously. Yeah. And um it can follow you around. I guess you can video chat with someone on it while it follows you around. Totally normal. It also will patrol your home like while you're sleeping, but it can't do anything because <laughs> exactly. it's like eight inches tall. Yeah. What's it going to do now? if someone's breaking in? What's it going to do? Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like a robot chihuahua. Like, what is it going to do? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But the, uh, the, apparently, I love this. There's like leaked documents that say... Uh, that is a, a, quote, disaster that's not ready for release, quote, terrible. Uh, Amazon's pitch that Astro could help with elder care was, quote, absurdist nonsense. And the source also mentioned that the bot doesn't handle stairs well, with one even saying that it would, quote, throw itself down <laughs> if presented the opportunity. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it is boy. so weird. Also, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a... It's like a camera that's connected to Amazon that just wanders around your house. It seems like no one would want this. I don't know why it's out there, but you should go look at the videos. It is crazy that this is. Oh, like, they were like, this is the great idea. Amazon, send us one. That makes send me more uncomfortable one. than clowns. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep it away. Robots I agree with you. Than clowns. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, Amazon robot dogs are way scarier than clowns. Because at least with clowns, you know what their data collection uh, <laughs> uh, system is. It's just their eyeballs. Who knows what Astro's doing? Yeah, my God. Well, let me give you my Shark Tank pitch because I want, I'm going right. to talk about this on the podcast for years to come, Kurt. Kendra, you can let me know what you think. It's called the Fiesta Donkey. It is okay. a tabletop donkey that brays. It has two big uh, baskets like saddlebags on the side. That's where you put your hot tortilla chips. Then, if you lift one ear, guess what comes out? Salsa. You lift the other (laughs) ear, hot nacho cheese. Push down on the nose, guacamole comes out. You lift that tail, you get all the hot mole sauce you can want. (laughs) 
It wears a little sombrero. What's in the sombrero? Salt for your margarita. The Fiesta Donkey is a tabletop Fiesta experience. <laughs> for twenty nine ninety nine, I'm looking for one billion dollars for five percent equity in my company. <laughs> That's only going for twenty nine ninety nine. I think you can yeah. go up on that price. Yeah, I think so too. Are you kidding me? Oh, I love it so much. The Fiesta it's, Donkey. You put it on. The is table it top. ceramic or is it a robot? It's fur and it's robotic. So when you it's turn it, <laughs> when you turn it on, it's grosser. The grossest way to do it. Yeah, it can play little songs, and when you fill it up with chips, and then basically you just place it on the center, and any type of Mexican dip you could possibly want comes from the donkey so (laughs) the fiesta donkey coming to stores maybe in the future probably not i love any pitch that starts off with it's a tabletop donkey (laughs) (laughs) and ends with mole sauce (laughs) it's asshole lift the tail hot mole sauce as much as you can eat Oh, Kendra, thank you so much for being on Bananas. Where can people find you? Social media stuff? Um, uh, they can find me on Instagram, Kendra underscore Renee, K-E-N-D-R-A underscore R-E-N-A-Y-E. Beautiful. So we, thank you so much for being here, and great luck. I hope Wonder Years goes for a thousand years. Me too. Thank you. It Thanks, was nice Kendra. hanging out with you for my first podcast. Yeah, you first did great. <laughs> You did amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Can I shout out my mom and my sister and the rest so of my give family? Give some shout outs. Take, te- no. take a full 15 seconds and shout some people out. I just want to shout out to my mom, Sonia Cole, my sister Kiana, my dad, Kenneth, my grandpa, and the rest of my wonderful family. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Everybody in Pine Bluffs, we're coming for you. Um, this is a shout out to Pine Bluffs. There we go. Thanks, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 